So you're thinking about investing in a new condo, but you're just not sure if you're going to be able to rent it out when it's completed. What happens if it sits empty for three months? Well, find out what Pauline Learman, the director of market research at Urbanation, has to say about this on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. All right, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show Pauline Learman. Pauline is the Director of Market Research at Urbanation. Pauline, welcome back. Thank you for having me back once again. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you as always. Um, love hearing from you about what's happening in the market with your unique uh, and inside expert uh, perspective on, on things as the Director of Market Research, obviously looking at the numbers um, it's happening in the market on a level that pretty much nobody else in the business is doing. So it's always great to talk to you. Um, the number one question I thought I'd start with the number one question, Pauline, that I get from investors, and I thought maybe they use it as a springboard for our conversation today. The number one question, or one of the questions I get is, uh, is especially from new investors, new people looking to buy a condo is, will I be able to rent out my condo? Um, and is sort of the underlying fear of I'm going to invest in this thing, I'm going to buy this property, and it's going to get built and finished. And it's, then what if nobody shows up? No one's going to, there's no one there in the market to, uh, what if I'm the, the last person stuck with the, the condo that nobody wants to rent kind of thing? So um, if someone asks you that question, what, how would you respond to that? I think that based on the market that we've seen this year, I wouldn't hesitate whatsoever in terms of being able to rent out your condo. I mean, the the, the least, you know, obviously the latest CMC numbers are on, and as a data geek myself, um, we always look for these numbers every year, kind of anticipation of when we get our rental numbers from, from them and looking at the overall rental market as, as a whole. And, and the vacancy rate in the city of Toronto is 1%. So we've never seen anything that low in a number of eight years. Um, in fact, I remember that happening very late in the 90s as well in a very constrained period where you were fighting to find rentals. Um, in the case of that, we haven't seen as many you know, new units complete or new units in the condo market register, which kind of makes them officially pass over into, into, your, into the ownership hands. So we're not getting that surge of supply that we had thought. We still have close to 50,000 units still under construction, but the delivery are very staged out. So the market can, you know, the industry itself can only deliver so much in a period. And that's kind of kept the, um, the, the supply kind of, from kind of running awash. So you're not competing against, you know, X number of units when you come to the market on that end. And one of the things I think that, you know, when you might think about, not think about this, is that when we see buildings being completed, we're seeing a little bit more of the developers wanting to hold on to units and keep them rental for themselves. Um, certainly seen a couple of developers I know that have kept, have started their own rental pools within the building because they're confident that they can easily rent them out. So, you know, they're not just passing them off for, you know, you know, to, you know, whatever happens in the end of the day. Um, they see what's happened overall in the market and they're pretty cautious people that I know they're doing this. Um, so overall, if they feel confidence and you can see the confidence that are going on there, um, I th think it's kind of almost, I hate to say this term because it could always change two years down the road, but right now, piece of cake, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and isn't it funny how the, the conversation with the condo market, how much it can change in a year or two years? I mean, 
it seems that, you know, it was not that long ago where, you know, all the headlines and all the the chatter in the in the dialogue and the discourse in the in the industry was around, oh boy, look at this what have we gotten ourselves into? We're building way too many condos. Uh, you know, we've got uh, 50,000, 80,000, whatever the number was of 100,000 of, of units in the pipeline. How are we ever going to um, fill all these units? Uh, you know, clearly this must be finally the time where it's all going to come to a horrible end. And what do you know? Here we are today, beginning of 2017, and it's the exact opposite, really. We're actually saying, man, we should have built more. I know. And, and we, as, a, as a, a market research firm, six months ago wouldn't have thought this. Um, we've really kind of had to reevaluate at the end of the year where, we're, where the market is at. Um, in terms of just overall supply, and it's not just rental, it's every aspect of the market. It's the resale, it's the new sale. You know, just this overall riding demand for, for new housing in the city, in the GTA. And in areas that you not necessarily would expect to do very, very well, or areas that maybe would have lagged a few years ago, they're, you know, still seeing strong absorptions and strong demand um, in markets. And what's happened is that is that, that, that has accelerated into a massive rent growth. So for us to see, you know, nearly 12% rent rent growth year over year is is uh, quite astounding for us, and we've had to change our real perception. And we used to say, as marketing, that only certain areas in the city, generally in the old city of Toronto, would get three dollars a foot for on a monthly basis. Um, we've seen that grow extended across the parts of the the city itself and into other parts of the kind of the overall 416. Um, and even in some, you know, individual buildings in the 905, um, we're being able to get $3 a foot. So that is something else. And in fact, there's areas that are kind of, you know, touching on that 4 to $5 range, which is basically Yorkville. And we've seen an acceleration in terms of luxury rents as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's that elusive $3 a square foot. As I look at these numbers as well, and as I, as I look at uh, sort of the headline chart for this uh, report that you just put out last week on the, the Q4 findings, the, the average GTA rent for, you know, the entire GTA now is 277 a square foot. Exactly. Um, getting closer and closer to that, you know, we used to, you know, again, it was only three, four years ago, we used to talk about $3 a square foot as sort of the, um, you know, that's, that's the high end of the market. Uh, that's East Street and that was yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, a couple of small pockets say, yeah, you might be able to get three dollars a square foot, probably more like you know two fifty or something. And now, like you said, we're seeing three dollars a square foot all over the GTA and, and pockets all over the place. Pretty, I mean, obviously the whole downtown is is already there. And certainly, and in certain buildings, I mean, it's doing well. You see the testing ground of new projects along the Young Corridor. In, in the financial district, some of the stuff that's in the court bills, um, you know, five from uh, all those buildings, you know, are achieving extremely high rents. And certainly the Casa buildings from Crestford and 1000 Bay, these are the type of units that, you know, that, you know $3 is low, 350 is more realistic for them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So let's let's jump into uh, again the the report itself that you guys just put out. So many amazing things in it. Obviously, this is for your subscribers. So um, if people want to get the goods, they can obviously subscribe to get this. Um, 
But in terms of high level stuff, like what, what are, we talked about a few of the things, but what were some of the, what were the key findings really, the key things that, that jumped out from, um, from the, the Q4 numbers uh, in this report? I think the biggest thing is that we've seen the actual volume flat, flatten out. So overall in the year, we had just over 26,602 rental units completed. Um, I think when you find next week when we release the rest of our data, you're going to see a very strong symmetry in the markets. Um, but that is kind of interesting because it's now come down about 4%. So kind of starting to see it flatline. Rental as, as a market as a whole has been a real driver over the last three years. So it's seen successive gains year over year. And then where this is the first time, the first time we've actually seen a couple of quarters where the actual rentals have actually come down slightly. They're still high, um, still close to record level, but not at, at kind of that growth rate we've seen. And that, of course, has a lot to do with, with uh, the actual registrations and the completions on that end. So at the end of the year, I found that we've got about just about 17,700 that actually registered. So I mean they reached their final closing. That's down uh, 21% from a year ago. So we're really seeing less of that type of product that could finish. Um, it should come up again in, in 2017. I'm pretty optimistic about that. Um, but that's going forward. And, and, and in the short term, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting that the market actually is going to push the average monthly rent over 2,000. It's seen consistent gains throughout the year. And we're sitting at 1990 right now as the average for Q4. Uh, and that's about a 7% growth um, very shortly. And we've currently seen kind of those little, the tightness between the listings and, and, and the leases on that end. What we're also noticing is that we're actually starting to see more and more continuing that the average size is coming down still. So this in Q4 to Q4 versus last year, you know, the average size that actually rented is 30 square feet smaller. Um, and that's uh, coming into play as well. And we'll see more of that, especially as all the product that is under construction kind of reaches that stage. So we'll continue to see it. And it might start to flatten out because certainly we've seen a growth this year in terms of the new condo market having slightly larger units. But we have to think about that in the window term. That means that in 2019 and 2020 might see that growth. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, as you look back, like this is, this is uh, we're talking about Q4 report. So now we, all the numbers are in for 2016. It, as you look back and if you can recall in your memory from the reports you guys did 12 months ago, um, and you always are looking forward and saying what you're expecting in the year ahead. Like, how did 2016 play out um, in reality versus what you sort of what you predicted, what you thought was going to happen? Like, what were the differences um, in how 2016 was versus what you're what you were predicting one year ago? I think that we were pretty close in terms of volume. Um, we certainly expected that to come to be the level of activity that we saw falls quite in line with what we expected. Where we got kind of got thrown was the rents. Honestly, we went to this and looking at all the supply would actually keep the rents tempered into the 2 to 3% growth range versus what we saw, which is, you know, four times that. So that was our biggest kind of like deviation for what we saw year to year from last year. Um, certainly, we, we've been tracking for about almost a year and a half, two years now, the purpose built end. Um, and we thought that it would be a small but growing factor. Um, and we were surely, you know, watching. One, we did have a number of new projects finished this year. So, and that was a good testing ground for uh, the, the appetite for the market and the demand for these type of units. And uh, we were kind of pleasantly surprised to see that they were able to get, 
you know, are able to absorb very quickly within a six-month ratio most of these buildings or less. And they were able to actually get $3 a foot. So they're actually getting a little bit more than the condo market. Um, and that has a lot to do with the centralization of services within these buildings as well. So those are the, kind of the two biggest things that we saw overall. Yeah. And so, like you said, a year ago, you were you were thinking rents would go up uh, in the sort of 2 3% range. Yeah. And they've actually gone up, you know, three, four times that. Do you, is that... What's driving that? Is that um, is that just because the like you said the number of new uh, the number of new units coming into the market was less than expected, or is there more to that story? There's a lot more to that. Um, certainly, that's part of the factor. You know, you're not getting the deliverables you expected, um, but it's also the economic you know the economy in, in the city of Toronto. Um, certainly, hiring growth has increased, um, even on the part-time levels, up to part-time to full-time. So we've seen job growth in the GTA. Um, we've also seen an influx of, you know, increased immigration, um, which is something that had been kind of flowing over the last five to six years, if not more. You know, everybody talks about 100,000. I don't have the exact number right now for this year. But, um, you know, now that we've kind of switched over the last year, we've seen a growth in that. And also kind of intermigration. So the people from Alberta who might have went out there to work for a number of years are coming back to Ontario. So you're kind of getting that kind of overall population demand in household formation that's actually pushing this. Hmm, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. certainly seeing a lot of uh, people coming back from Alberta, as you said. I have many stories of people, I'm sure you know people that mm-hmm. went out there for work and, and they're doing well and now they come back. The, the jobs are not there. They're coming back and, and the job market here is, is very strong. Um, how much do you think that the new mortgage rules that came into place in the fourth quarter had an effect on things? I think that it's going to make it tighter in at least the midterm. Um, I think that they're also, because of the rent growth, there might be some reluctance to give up one's unit. Um, so the turnover rate will actually slow down in that end. Because simply, you know what, if you wanted to go out there, I mean, I can certainly relate to, like, you know, you've got a great rent and you don't want to go out there, you're going to end up spending four or $500 more a month. I mean, maybe that's great if you're sharing with a bunch of people. But, um, you know, if you're, you know, a young professional or a professional couple and you're trying to save, I mean, what's your choice there? I mean, that $500 could be put towards savings for a mortgage down the road. And certainly, you're certainly thinking as we have price growth in our low-rise market as well. Yeah, I think it's it's similar just from a psychological standpoint. Like, if you look at the, the consumer, the 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 renter, the homeowner, um, in this hot market that we're in, there seems to be this prevalence of this, uh, um, you know, basically this, uh, uh, this, this belief that, you know, the market is so hot, like I I don't want to move. People just almost freeze in place. Like it's, it's so expensive to move, um, that, uh, that, uh, that nobody wants to move, whether it's renters don't want to move because they've got us, you know, rents have gone up, but they're sort of looking and they're saying, wow, I'm sitting pretty at this rent I had from a couple of years ago. Uh, and the same thing with, with uh, in the resale market. We're seeing listings way down. Nobody seems to want to move. Listings are down massively in the resale market, actually. But actually, actually kind of he- makes me a little hesitant on, on the resale end, how, how constrained it is at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, the thing of it too is, I mean, renovations. I mean, I'm, I'd love to see the numbers on that, of figures on, you know, annual renovation money that goes into it right now, because I think it's massive. So. Yeah, yeah. It's just instead of moving, just stay and, and renovate. 
I don't I wonder what the uh, the renter equivalent of that is. I don't know. <laughs> Get another cat or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, or you know, you know, I don't hear it really, but I mean, I mean, in New York, it's not uncommon to renovate your unit in your renter. Say, go to the owner and say, you know, I'd like to redo right. the bathroom. Right. You know, as long as right. it's okay with them, you know, it's pretty much a, a you know, like a given thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, it's almost like it's it's part of the story of the city sort of maturing, the market maturing, and it's becoming, you know, there's more and more parallels with uh, with a city like in like New York in, in terms of some of these things. It's interesting. Um, looking forward, like future looking, uh, how do you think the how do you think this the purpose built rental in particular? I'm interested to hear what you think about that. Is there because obviously some some investors might look at that and, and condo investors might say, well, you know, it might be con- some concern that there's there's uh, going to be at some point there's going to be a glut of of units available as these you know thousands of purpose built rentals come onto the market. Um, how do you see the relationship sort of playing out over the next two to three years between the purpose built market and the um, high rise condo market? Do you think uh, this the, will the, the number of units p- completed be about the same or will we see a huge increase because it's like we're still building the same number of condos but now we're also adding all these purpose builts or is it really just the condo builders are I'm not going to build a condo I'm going to build a rental like how how do you see it playing out I think that it'll be very geography specific um, certainly a lot of the I'll give you a kind of a picture right now We've seen the applications for, for purpose-built rental grow from 30 to 83, so 30 projects to 83 projects. And that actually means 17,000, almost 18,000 new units proposed a purpose-built, dedicated purpose-built rental. But they're very kind of geographically clustered. And we've certainly seen them in the city of Toronto. We see them in some corridors where there isn't much condo growth, too. So I'm certainly in certain areas in North York or certain areas of Scarborough, um, there might be some intensification of properties. Um, and I don't think, I think that the market can sustain both. Um, and keeping in mind that, that the purpose built is really kind of a drop in the bucket. I mean, we've seen about 45,000, 4,000 units actually complete this year. And they are readily absorbed and no different than the, the, the condo rental market. So, you know, if you're thinking that you're going to be in the cluster of an area where there might be a lot of purpose-built rentals, you might have to look and really look at everything in the area. But with the, that has to kind of meet with also levels of demand. So if the economy is still, you know, good and things are going along with that, I think that there, there's room for both on that end. And I honestly think that when you actually look at it, I don't know whether it's just applications, and applications I've always seen, planning applications can shift from week to week. They do all the time. But they, you know, some of the larger ones, some of the larger developments I've seen that have this purpose built on it have a mix of both. So they're figuring, you know, there might be that, that kind of area for ownership and rental at the same time. And I could see that because it really does vary, vary by age and demand. So certainly, you know, with, with however the, you know, ground-related housing costs are, you know, maybe you rent for a while, then you move over to a condo and buy. Or vice versa, maybe somebody decides that they're a little bit older and they downsize into the rental because they prefer that. Hmm. So you mean within a, within the same building, rentals and condos? And- kind of development area. Okay. So okay. if there's a multi-building kind of right. know, master plan community, that could work very well. Different needs, different lifestyle stages. Right, right. Okay, interesting. 
And how many, like what's in terms of um, purpose-built rentals expected to come online in 2017? Is it, uh, is it a big jump from last year or? Oh, let me see. I have to, I have to go to my wonderful numbers on that one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No worries. No worries. We actually, we had about 55 or 5,100 under construction as of a thing. We expect about half of that number to actually kind of be completed, about 25, 2,600 units to actually be cleaned in 2017. That's not a lot. That's only like maybe about five buildings overall. And they're spread out over the GTA. So, in in the short term, not a lot. I mean, compare that to maybe say eighteen to twenty thousand condo units. So, not very very much. It's kind of that broader outlook that we may start to have to look at. Specifically with you know, it takes them a couple. It takes them no difference to actually build versus a condo. It might take them less time to actually get the financing if they're you know going purpose built and they've got the financing in place so they can go. It's just mainly just mainly having their planning in place. Um, so that might be something to think about too in time frame. But I don't expect the actual purpose-built market to actually increase in terms of scope for another couple of years. I mean, a lot of these applications just went in. So, you know, as we know, it still takes time to go through that process. Right, right, right. Good, good. Um, yeah, it's been great chatting with you as always, Pauline. Um, is there, I'm just wondering if there's something, um, is there something that, a lot of people don't understand or don't realize about the rental market right now, but that you wish they would. Is there is there a theme or a, a common thing that a misconception that you um, come across often that you wanted to uh, bring up or address? Oh man, from a data perspective, <laughs> it's a total. Da- it is very much a data geek perspective. Um, I think that the perception that everybody uses Craigslist or Kijiji. Um, I've heard different things about that. Um, you know, we've actually seen the number on the MLS grow over the last year and a half, um, and, and tracking the volumes. Um, and on that end, you know, actually, I, anecdotally, I've talked to a few people that say that they're not as much Craigslist as they're Kijiji. So <laughs> um, that's the one thing with, with that. But overall, I think the perception that um, – I'm losing my train of thought here. You'll have to pardon me that that uh, the market really is going to be a wash. And, 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 and obviously, you know, the numbers put paid to that. Um, we're certainly not breaking out of the mold for the industry in terms of delivering units. So right, we right. thought one time we wouldn't. And everybody holds, it's kind of like, you know, all of a sudden there's like all these condos, you know, under construction and, and we're going to be like getting hit with like 25K. You know, every year we look at a chart that tells us what, what is expected to occupy this year and it's a massive number and every year that gets peeled back as we go. And even if it's just minor, I mean, it's very common. I mean, for example, I mean, we had an elevator strike part of the year. So people lose two, two, two to three months maybe on their occupancy there on that front. So it's just minor things that can hold the project back from actually reaching completion. So, and that adds, adds, ends up in the end of the day that the number falls and we end up where we are back where we started. Um, not unexpectedly. Great. Yeah. So true. Okay. Pauline, thank you so much. We've run out of time, but, uh, I do appreciate your time as always. Thank you for, uh, sharing your insights. And if people want to get a hold of you or learn more about Urbanation, what's the best place for them to do that? Best place is urbanation.ca. That will start you down the road. 
Okay, great. Urbanation.ca, and we'll, we'll certainly include a link to that in the show notes. You know, our Twitter feed's good. <laughs> yeah, your Twitter feed is gold, as always. Definitely a great source of uh, insights on what's happening in the market. Okay, Pauline, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.